Productions presents Laugh, Literature and Film. Broadcasting live from Flying Bull Production Studios, it's Laugh, episode 87 of We Laugh for the October 16th weekend. I am your host, Mr. Two Frames. Joining me in studios, as always, is the L-Train. How are you, sir? Wonderful. Uh, kind of an interesting weekend. We start to get horror movies this weekend. Uh, as we hit fall, we also have uh, the second contender for Best Picture, possibly. Probably. Third, maybe. Black, I don't know if we're still counting Black Mask. Yeah, I don't know. It, it depends. This is definitely going to be in the... I mean, it's at least in the conversation. Yeah. Every Spielberg movie is in the conversation. You must be talking about Bridge of Spies. Yes, opening in 2,800 theaters. What, what do you have to say about Bridge of Spies? Um, I think they should have called it Bridge of Guys. Because these people aren't really good spies. <laughs> I mean, Gary Powers aside. But, I mean, he's basically a pilot. Okay. Um, other than a spy. I mean, he drove a spy. Here, he flew. Yeah, he drove. Well, you had to drive it for a little bit before it took off, right? Yeah. He piloted a spy plane mm-hmm. during the Cold War, and then he uh, was crashed over uh, Soviet Russia. Sentenced to 10 years in prison, his only hope is New York lawyer James Donovan in this movie, Bridge of Spies, directed by uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, James Donovan is played by Tom Hanks. He's recruited by the CIA to negotiate his release. Now, this guy Donovan happened to be the lawyer for Rudolph Abel, who is the so-called spy in the uh, prisoner release. You know, we also got another guy. We got a student that was held for um, spying in East Germany at around the same time. You never hear about that guy. I wonder if that's going to be in the movie or not. I don't know. So, uh, uh, time-wise, he... Tom Hanks's character first defended the spy in court, yeah. and then later on, uh, that's the helped way I to see broker it. this deal. Mm-hmm. And it's all based on a true story. This is like what Spielberg trying to do his Cold War era trilogy, starting with Munich, and now we have this. What's the third one? Whatever he has next. <laughs> I mean, he seems Catch to like he likes to work in threes. I like uh, I like Spielberg when he's doing a period piece like this. I thought he was, I mean, some of my favorite movies are those period pieces like, uh, well, you could say Saving Private Ryan's a period piece. Uh, I, I really like Catch Me If You Can. I think that's a Broadway musical now. Could be. I think they're playing it over in Pocosin right. at the community theater. I don't know. Either way, uh, this was, um, as we said, directed, produced by Steven Spielberg. It's also, uh, screenplay belongs to Mark Charman and, uh, this guy wrote, um, or he's writing Patriot's Day, which is the next Spielberg movie about the uh, the bombing, the Boston Bar- Marathon bombing. Oh, is that confirmed to be the next Spielberg film? Because I've also well, heard BFG. He's, he's working on BFG, and he's also working on Ready Player One. He's I mean, also working on a uh, um, number five, Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, and a reboot of Jaws. Spielberg is one of those directors he's who always has multiple projects going, and it's just whatever he decides to do. This guy, Mark Charman, polished 2012 Roland Emmerich's movie. Mm-hmm. But they also brought in Joel and Ethan Cohen to polish this script. They polished the earlier Unforgiven, the movie that came out last year, directed by Angelina Jolie. I didn't like... I didn't, I didn't like Unbroken. Unfor- oh, yeah, Unforgiven. That's, that's a little <laughs> different movie. <laughs> yeah. Unbroken. I didn't really like Unbroken. They didn't polish well, really? I don't think. Okay. I've been burned by the, Col- the Cohen polish before. 
Well, I wonder if their writing doesn't translate to the screen when they're not at the helm in the director's chair and all. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's the... I mean, you would think that you, Spielberg could handle whatever they put on the page. I guess He's a bit of a visionary. Apparently they had worked together on True Grit. He was one of the executive producers on that film of theirs. Well, he creates movies that people like for the most part. And then, they, I mean, at least the Academy will like it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be probably, you can, you can shoehorn this in as one of your picks for uh, best picture. All right. But like I said, I, I don't know. It's got Alan Alda in it along with uh, Tom Hanks. Alan Alda, he played that Hawkeye Pierce in MASH. He's one of my favorite actors. But I think he started to believe that he was Hawkeye Pierce. He's one of these left, way far left, lefty guys. So in a movie about the Cold War, it'll be interesting to see we're in a vowed communist land. <laughs> I don't know about all as a communist or not. No, I mean, he's left wing, but I mean, he was great on West Wing when he, when he ran as a Republican. Yeah, I don't know. I never saw West Wing. I never watched that. He's thing. done a lot of stuff. My problem with this film is I, I don't know that I have to go to theaters to watch. I haven't seen anything yet that really leads me to believe I have to watch this on a big screen to get the full impact. Unless it becomes a best picture nomination, then we'll probably have to. Or yeah, yeah we'll probably have to go. Then see I'll it, go then. see it. But I mean, there, there's no immediacy to this film. It's not like The Martian from two weeks ago. That was a film I wanted to see on the big screen and is served by that large canvas. I want to see. Uh, the movie Tom Hanks is coming out about Captain Sully Sullenberger. He's going to be playing, you know, Sully, the guy that landed the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's also in a movie coming out called uh, Ithaca, directed by Meg Ryan. Huh. Uh, and The Circle, which is a book I read a couple of years ago about the dangers of uh, social engineering, social media, and the impact of texting on teenagers. Not necessarily teenagers, but... Um, the world that we live in now, the society of sharing all of your information online and closing the circle. The circle is this sort of uh, tech company that is trying to take over the world. Essentially. I think it's a series of books, not a great book, but eh, you know, be interested to see where this movie works out. Yeah. Um, another actress that's in, that's in this movie is Amy Ryan. She was in Birdman, but she's also going to be in Goosebumps coming out this week. Oh, yeah. She's Goose- like the Tom Hardy of uh, actresses. Go- Goosebumps is uh, interesting. It's uh, opening in 3,300 theaters. This is the biggest release of the weekend, which is kind of surprising that this gets released in more screens than a Steven Spielberg film. I wonder what's getting pushed out, because there's a lot of movies out there now that... I yeah, wonder, like, what's coming off the screen for all of these movies to come on? I don't know. There are four movies we're talking about today. It's about 10,000 screens they're occupying this weekend. So that that's a good portion of the box office. Uh, but Goosebumps is a PG horror film uh, from the R.L. Stein book series. Uh, in this, a teenager teens up, or teams up with the daughter of young adult horror author R.L. Stein, played by Jack Black, after the writer's imaginary demons are set free on the town of Greendale, Maryland. I don't know anything. I, I know nothing about Goosebumps. I've never... This must be something from your era. Or yeah, I younger. read Goosebumps a little bit. They came in kind of late. Um, unfortunately, the haunted Steve Buscemi doll will not be in this film, apparently. They had a falling out with the studio over that character. Why? I don't know. That's the only one that they confirmed will not be in this film. So he had a doll in his There's in his books. Steve, Steve Buscemi. Buscemi, and it's haunted by by what? 
I don't know why he's haunted. Huh. The, the soul cannot I, rest. I don't, I don't. So all these different books have different plot lines or mm-hmm. they're not interconnected under anything. Sometimes there would be sequels. I, I mean, I read a couple. I know there have been dozens more. Okay. There was a TV show. Apparently the lead kid in this, Dylan Mininet, he was in two of the episodes, two different stories. Okay. Playing different characters. Uh, he was the son in Prisoners, Hugh Jackman's son in that. Oh, okay. He's pretty good. And then the female lead, Jack Black's daughter, is Odella Rush, where if you listen to Laugh 28, our review of Cinderella, you asked uh, what live-action film from Disney would I have him do next. And I said Aladdin, and I had to cast it, and she was my Jasmine. She's an Israeli actress, yeah. <laughs> See, I know how to pick the talent. Right. Wow. What did you pick her based off of? Her work in Goosebumps, a movie that was six months away? Uh, she was in The Giver and a couple other like TV shows. She had bit parts. But she's not She in was one of the that. few Israeli actresses that I could find. And, and then, she was the right age. And then you realize that Israeli has nothing to do with... Middle Eastern. <laughs> okay. She gets a tan. She'll, she'll be a good Jasmine. Uh, if you are... I've got an eye for talent. Let's say you're a famous author, uh-huh. like R.L. Stein, and they come to you and they say, hey, man, you're going to be in a movie. We're going to cast you as a character in a movie. What movie star do you want to play you? <laughs> Would you be upset if they said Jack Black? <laughs> it's <laughs> they not say, flattering. It's not very flattering. But I like Jack Black. I like him a lot. You do? Oh, yeah. I like him. Nacho Libra? <laughs> I, I can Get take that her corn Libra. out of my face. Uh, who would you pick? For Jack you? Black? For you, yeah, For Jack Black, definitely. He's <laughs> a little bit, he'd have to apple crate him though, because you're a little bit taller than Jack Black. Who would I, like I pick that. for me? Yeah. Uh, John Goodman? No. He had a dramatic weight loss, that John Goodman. He's a great actor. Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander. Perfect. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I have, uh, I was going to say considerably more hair than he does, but that's not really accurate. I have a little bit more hair than he does. You're looking at my lack of hair. You realize that you're looking at my lack of hair. You're winning the race, but it's not an impressive win. He's a little bit older than I am. All right, fair enough. So are you going to go see uh, Goosebumps? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Unless my wife drags me to it, but I don't think she's real into it. Oh, my old man. What about Bridge of Spies? I don't think Bridge of Spies, possibly this third film we're about to talk about. All right, so this is the movie we might be talking about um, next week. This is Crimson Peak. Guillermo del Toro's follow-up to uh, Pacific Rim, I guess was his last movie. Mm-hmm. Um, not really connect interconnected. This is a gothic horror love story kind of thing. After marrying and charming, this is from IMDb. After marrying and charming, and wait a minute, I don't even, I can't even read here. After marrying the charming and seductive Sir Thomas Sharp, young Edith finds herself swept away to his remote gothic mansion in the English hills. Also living there is Lady Lucille, Thomas's alluring sister and protector of the family's dark secrets. I think if I read more of that, it's going to give away some spores. I don't really like to do that. Fair enough. Um, Starring? This is starring Tom Hiddleston as Sir Thomas Sharp, Jessica Chastain, um, uh, you know her from, oh, I guess Tom Hiddleston's from Loki, right? Yeah, he plays Loki in the Marvel films. He's in a movie I want to see that's not anywhere that I can find called, uh, I Saw the Light. It's like the, uh, a biograph, a biopic of, uh, Hank Williams. 
He looks a lot like Hank Williams. He's got a little bit of buzz uh, for possibly being up for best actor for that film. But oh, I don't so you've know seen or heard released. of it? Yeah, I, I've I seen thought he came out of it. Um, he's going to be in Kong Island too, Kong Skull Island. But you probably know him best as the voice of Statue Griffin in the No Country Club for Old Men episode of Family Guy <laughs> from 2013. <laughs> I knew you were going there. <laughs> okay. uh, Jessica Chastain, where's she from? The Zero Dark Thirty. We saw her last in The Martian, mm-hmm. and we really liked her. Both of us liked her in The Most Violent Year. Oh, you yeah. think that she's fetching. Yeah. You, you, And I think most of society probably agrees with you. I think I'm I'm the contrarian in this regard because she looks like, this is my syllogism, she looks like Eddie Redmayne to me with the face. And Eddie Redmayne looks like listener Nicole C's husband, Brian. And, and Brian looks like Stephen Hawking. Ergo... <laughs> Jessica Chastain looks like Stephen Hawking. Not at all. To me. <laughs> when still, I see her, I think Stephen Hawking. You still need to watch Salome with her in there. Is the, that's and about the uh, woman that danced for the head of uh, John the Baptist? Yeah. Okay. And Al Pacino, what does he play? The head? He, you know, he plays the king. Oh, okay. He's the one who's obsessed with his, I think it's like stepdaughter, Salome. Okay. So, Lady Lucille Sharp is Jessica Chastain. But the, the person in this film that I'm most interested in seeing is Mia Wachowski. We liked her last in the movie Stoker. And she's going to be in the long-awaited Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass movie upcoming. Well, she played Alice in Alice in Wonderland with uh, the Johnny Depp film. Of course. So she's coming back. Of course. As Edith Cushing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing her in the movie HHHH about Czechoslovakian resistance fighters in World War II. A la Victor Laszlo from Casablanca. We've both been showing Casablanca. Oh, okay. Or Casablanca in our uh, class. Cool, cool. Looks gorgeous, this movie. I hope it does well. It looks beautiful. If I go, if we go, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy the cinematography, but I'm pretty confident I'm not going to enjoy the story at all. Yeah, I just, I want Guillermo del Toro's movies to make money, and especially when he wants to do uh, R-rated features. I think he is a wonderful visual director, and I always want him to have as big of a budget as possible to realize his visions. See, my disappointment with Guillermo del Toro is based mainly on his work on The Hobbit. He eviscerated The Hobbit, and I can't forgive him for that. Like, his writing kind of scares me. He's the writer of, the screenwriter for this Yeah, he, he worked on it, but... Peter yeah, Jackson I know there was a ton of them, but in. either way. Uh, but you love Pacific Rim. I think the I love two Pat Hel- Rim. Hellboy films are great. I like Hellboy. I'm, I'm, I want to give him a pass. But he, he kind of reminds or he doesn't remind me because I haven't had a nephew get thrown out of college. But if I did have a nephew that got thrown out of college for painting a giant collage on the side of a, like the dorm that's mm-hmm. like depicting the, the dean in various guises or poses, and it's really beautiful to look at, you still got to question the kid's intelligence. <laughs> now, I don't think that Guillermo del Toro is a, you know, an unintelligent man or anything. I'm just like, <laughs> decision making here. Something, something's wrong with it. Something's off. Maybe, but he's just one of those people. I'm always interested to see what he creates next. I don't, so. I don't doubt. Plus, if this film does well, there is a very good chance Pacific Rim Two gets greenlit. Well, everything's in post or in like pre-production. I think he's also doing the uh, live-action Pinocchio. You talked about live-action a minute ago. Yeah. But it, he's going to do a dark version of Pinocchio, like we talked about back like- on the uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, the last film this weekend is Woodlawn, a.k.a. Um, Remember the Titans 2. 
Uh, this is about a gifted high school football player who must learn to embrace his talent and his faith as he battles racial tensions on and off the field. This is based on a true story that took place at an Alabama high school. This stars uh, Caleb Calisti as the gifted high school football player. C. Castile. Thomas Castile. C. Thomas Howell, John Voigt, and Sean Astin. So Rudy. Yeah. Star, Rudy stars the... Rudy as your football coach. Is he a coach? No, he's, he's the... Uh... He's the guy that's been saved by the Jesus. Oh, so he doesn't help coach the team nope. at all? He comes in and he helps save all the kids. It's a Christian-based film. Oh. Um, and it's going to be in like 1,200 theaters, 1,500 theaters. I've got 1,500. Uh, I bet least. you it does really well, man. I think it does all right. All right. We'll I mean, see. It, it, these these Christian-based films seem to be coming out at least once a month, and they can do anywhere from about 10 to 18 million. It's got a lot of buzz, this one. If you can make your film for $4 million, you're guaranteed to make money. PG or G? PG, I believe. Probably PG. Yeah. All right. So all right. that's all that's out. So I think we're both going with Crimson, Crimson Peaks. Yeah, I think we'll probably try to do that for Laugh 90. Yeah, that would be right. our review would be on Laugh 90. All right. Uh, you got anything from the Amazon or the Netflix? Well, I only have a net pick this week, and it's all because of um, Randy Quaid's reemergence into America. He's he's been he's come back to America. He's come back to us, but now he's being held in jail on a five hundred thousand dollar bond with an awesome beard. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous beard. I want cousin Eddie back. Hope he gets into acting again. He could easily make a comeback. You know, he's Oscar nominated. For his role in The Last Detail in 1973. Oh. He's come a long way since 1973. Wow. Yeah, from 1973, Oscar-nominated actor to homeless and wandering around in the woods of Canada, and now back to jail. $500,000 bond. With a beard that looks like he has a whole <laughs> sphere of hair all around his yeah, head. A halo of beard. And they just took off the top hemisphere of it uh-huh. at a diagonal angle. Yeah. He's, uh, it's like someone bit into a, a apricot or something. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> so his uh, last movie that I saw on uh, Netflix is playing on NetPick. It's my NetPick of the week. And it is, uh, wait a minute, Kingpin. Okay, I forgot the daggone title, but it's a good movie. It's a send-up of uh, sports movies. It's got Bill Murray in it. I think it's what it is. I think it's a... It's all, yeah, it's a comedic take on uh, The Hustler. Oh, I thought it was a send-up of Amish movies. Uh, yeah, that's a very limited... See, we talked about your genre. There's not very many... You have to have at least 12 in order to be a genre. Yeah, I think Amish were at one. Yeah. Witness. Well, this, <laughs> too. Right. This is two. Uh, so he plays... Randy Quay plays the Amish kid, Ishmael, who's a, a bowler. And he's a really good bowler. But the 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 movie is really the... Ferrelli brothers sense of humor mm-hmm. um it's one of their it's the second best bowling movie after the big lebowski sure and the second and the what how many bowling movies are there uh the only one i can think of off the top of my head is um sorority girls and slime bowlerama yeah where they accidentally release a demon when they break a bowling trophy <laughs> uh that plays into our uh our movie review of this week yeah, we're going to be reviewing uh, Knock Knock and The Final Girls, two yeah. horror films for uh, the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. Double feature. All right, so Amazon pick or no? No, no, no. We can do no Amazon, Amazon pick later. I mean, we got to keep it tight for our listeners. 
All right. Well, what other kind of real quick? No Redbox pick, but I am recommending that people take advantage of the free weekend of Cinemax and they watch The Nick starring Clive Owen. It's um basically the goings on at a hospital at the turn of the century. So it's kind of like ER though it set or set in 1900. I think in the second episode, the hospital gets electricity. Oh, the second, not the second season. Yeah, no, second season kicks off Friday night at 10, but they'll be airing all the episodes from season one all weekend and re-airing that uh, first episode of season two. So you can watch all uh, 11 episodes. But then you'll have to go buy Cinemax. Yeah, but... Mm, You're a shill for... Okay, there you go. When they uh, have the free weekend so you can watch the first episode of season three. Fair enough. Um, So uh, Netflix, you're saying go watch Kingpin with Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid, yeah. I'm saying uh, watch Cinemax. Oh, it's got Bill Murray in it, too. Yeah, and Bill Murray. Yeah. I'm saying go uh, skip the red or skip the red box, watch the Cinemax so you can watch The Nick. There are four movies coming out this weekend. Woodlawn we're taking a pass on, as well as Goosebumps and even Bridge of Spies, though we think we'll be revisiting that come Academy Awards season. Instead, we're going to be spending our money to go watch Crimson Peak. Yes. So that's episode 87. Episode 88, like we said a little earlier, we're going to be reviewing the Keanu Reeves horror film Knock Knock, as well as The Final Girls, a slasher send-up. Homage to all those 80s classics. Yay! So uh, that's the show. Thank you for joining me, L-Tran. Thank you. This is Mr. Two-Frame saying, there be dragons. Box up, everybody. <laughs>